With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Name Free Song. I'm Sarah Fagan. And I'm Jenna Million. And this is the podcast where we take the piss and debunk music fan stereotypes. Because let's be honest, fangirls knew about that band way before you did. And if you stick around long enough, we'll also let you in on some new music the girls are already crazy about. So Jenna, would you like to inform our audience what we did today? So last week you heard our take on the 1975 in the media. And today we really are excited that we got to talk to two awesome fans, Joe and Brittany, and hear their take and their experience on being fans of the 1975 over the years and what all that has encompassed. I'm Brittany, I am 25 years old. And I've been a fan since early 2018. Well, I'm Joe, uh, I'm 20, and I've been a fan since about 2014. So it's about five years ago. How did you guys first find out about them? And what drew you to them? Was it love at first sight or was it a slow burn? <laughs> oh gosh. So I like, you know, was I had the Tumblr phase, like, probably most of us did. Um, and I mean, I listened to like their music back then, but then for some reason, I don't even know why, just like kind of stopped. Um, and then a friend of mine and I were on a road trip and she played live at the O2, like the whole drive home. And I just kind of like re-fell in love. And then I went home and wanted to like watch what I had just heard. And so I watched live at the O2 and like that that's what I would call love at first sight. Um, nice. so, and then it's just all been um, nonstop since then. Uh, I wouldn't say I was a huge, huge fan back in the day, but uh, it got to about a brief inquiry as to when I sort of switched on a little bit. I was like, this band is like ridiculously good. Love at first sight then. So if we're thinking about like their albums over time, you know, they, their debut album was in 2013 and that was like, came out very much, was like a pop rock record. I, it's funny because I think of it as more like, and it, at the time, cause you know, I was listening to Arctic Monkeys and just like all those bands, yeah. like very much Tumblr phase as well. Um, so I was like, yes, like, and that, like, I just love them like for their alternative rock sounds. And then now looking back, I was like, wow, that, they were even kind of like on the pop rock side of that. But anyways, their second album, you know, in 2016 got a lot more recognition and it was a lot more leaning into like a pop sound. And then with their two newer records, they've always kind of experimented with, the, honestly, I feel like they're just such an experimental band in the way that they bring in different elements from rock and from pop and electronic and kind of combine it all. So I guess you want to hear just kind of like your thoughts on their ever-changing sound. Uh, it's a tough one because I think over the years, I think they've, they've kept the same sort of level but obviously with the music they make. But I think back in the day, they were sort of playing to, you know, get their name sort of thing whereas now it's like they just don't care it's more 
drive like I do now than it is the nineteen seventy five. You know, I think, but it's a it's a tough one. I, I, it has changed a lot, but for them, I if I was in there, in Matty or George or whoever in their shoes, I think. I think it'd be exactly the same because I'm probably when I say this, there's probably multiple, multiple songs that are on notes now that are like near enough the same as what they are on the 1975 self-entitled album. Can yeah. you just explain a bit more? Because we were talking about this earlier. What is the exact difference between like Drive Like I Do and the 1975? Because oh they know that's like what they were before, and then they became the 1975, and then he's like, "This is more a Drive Like I Do album." And like, can you explain that for people like me who are like, but <laughs> or like, but whoever? Uh, I take it you've you've listened to like the Drive Like I Do album, right? Yeah. And it it has some of the it, you know it has uh, sex on there, for example, and robbers, for example. I think it's just a bit more like it's not. Whereas the 1975 self entitled is just like one flat out. It's just you know, it's really hard to explain this. Right, because it's like sort of the, it's kind of emo like yeah. raw i don't know yeah that's the word that is exactly <laughs> yeah it's very like emotion yeah it is okay it's not like listening it's more to in your like face. self-titled robbers versus drive like i do robbers it's a completely different vibe mm. okay like that's a fun exercise everyone should do that because no. it gives you a good idea of the difference that's really interesting i guess i like never thought about it deeper than just like maddie being maddie <laughs> just yeah like, it's just him doing something different well they have like a million different names before they were the 1975 and mm-hmm. i think drive like i do is just the one that they put out like the most music under mm-hmm. and they keep like threatening to kind of drop that album that is sitting on someone's computer somewhere apparently they need so, to they really need, need to. to yeah please I hope they do. Brittany, what do you think about their how their their sound has evolved? I think it's just so fascinating that I don't know. I love the concept of like an era, and I think that they've done such a good job of the eras, um, just kind of like aesthetically, stylistically, sonically. But at the same time, like Joe was saying, like you can still hear songs on notes that sound like they could have been on self-titled. You know, like there's something that kind of like weaves through it. Um, And like lyrically, they're all like pretty, I would say like thoughtful and like well-written songs, you know? So some things stay the same, but some things definitely change. And I think that, I guess like you kind of hear like amongst people be like, oh, like I wish they'd go back to like self-titled. I wish they'd go back to like, I like it when you sleep. But like, honestly, like, I don't think it's like a go back sort of thing. It's like, it's inclusive in what they do now and they're just so like like prolific honestly like who knows what they'll do next and it could sound like a little bit of everything again or it could be a whole different direction I think that the thing is that they do it all really well so there's no there's no need for them to like revert because they're just growing I feel like so many times there are bands who like slightly change what their sound is but they still sound like the same band and like the media right. or like the outside world will be like oh my god like they've just completely done like a 180 and like gone away from what they're like are where their fans are like no like at the heart of it it's still the same band and like it's just they're just growing and like how joe said earlier it's like w- once you become established like you can start to do 
music that is more experimental but still similar to your sound because your fans already trust you so they're kind of there and will be like we believe in you already like we'll just listen to what you give us yeah I think it's like a trust Mm -hmm. thing like I mean I'll listen to literally anything they put out because I mean I had never listened to anything that sounded like people before Mm -hmm. the first time I heard it I was like oh my gosh but then like you know you just put it on repeat and by the end of the day you're just very into it so it's just they make great music so there's no reason to question them I don't think <laughs> nothing they do anymore is, is like surprising it's not like they're trying to surprise their fans it's like here it is listen to it and it's somehow we all love it <laughs> yeah so it's like it's really incredible just like when bands can do stuff like that like I don't know because I feel like Jenna and I like have talked about this a lot but like there's this band The Main who is like nowhere near as big as the 1975 but they've had like six albums at this point I don't even know Maybe and like each more. yeah like so each many. album like they've been around since 2007 yeah they're like 13 years old and they like every album sounds different but you can like still tell it's them and so their fans it's like brought in I feel like it's really cool when bands do something that can broaden fans like horizons of like what music they like because like you put up something that's like even just slightly different with the same vibe and you're like and Spotify suddenly like here's 20 other artists that have music like this that you might like and it just is like I just think that the like power that bands have to like change their sound to like open their fans ears to something else is like crazy (laughs) that's so true that's such a good point Obviously, with the 1975, like, they have a clear frontman in Maddie, where, like, he's always the one either getting the most praise or, like, the most of, like, the brunt of everything. With Maddie, like, being so, like, hi, I'm here, and the rest of the guys being, like, we're kind of here. Like, do you feel like they have created something about themselves, like, within the fandom where people also, like, care about them as much as Maddie, or are they still sort of, like, background characters? in a sense or is that just something that like to people on the outside looking in it feels like does that make sense i think he's always i think it's always going to be that that way though because he is the lead singer Mm -hmm. he's always the one talking you're never going to see you know george stand up and start interacting with the crowd or whatever and whenever they get to tv interviews and it's always matty because i think he just has that voice yeah um but as as a fan i think the whole fandom can vouch for this i think we all see them as one not not just as Matty. Like it wouldn't be the 1975 without all four no. of them, as cliche as that sounds. And I think that like deeper in, of course, like everyone has like their favorites and stuff. But um I don't know. I think that from the outside it might seem like he Maddie's kind of like monopolizing it, you know, because he's like mm-hmm. one of the only ones that talks and interviews and things. Mm-hmm. But I think that they've kind of like addressed that before and it doesn't really seem like the other guys like want to talk like I don't think they like that sort of stuff and I honestly I mean if if what they're saying is true I think they're kind of relieved that Maddie's willing to like be the one like to do all the talking because I don't think they really have any interest in like sharing their thoughts to some random interviewer you know yeah it's kind of interesting that like they've known each other like they grew up together and they've known each other for so long and now they're like so famous and like Maddie is such like an icon at this point like yeah he's like he's basically a legend and so it's it's just <laughs> funny to think like at one point they were all just like dudes going to like school together and like <laughs> Maddie wasn't like to think Maddie was never an icon before I think Maddie kind was of always weird. an icon at least to himself <laughs> <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> yeah. he was That's always destined enough. to be an icon 
yeah it was always in the cards for him no matter what it was gonna be I think I just always find it really interesting with like the whole frontman persona thing of like having somebody and obviously like Maddie's a singer so it's a lot easier but I mean like growing up like with like fallout boy like Pete once was the bassist but he was like the front man of the band and like he would be the one doing almost all the interviews and like who was always in the forefront of it and I mean like another example also is like with Bastille where like it's like people are like oh it's Dan and it's like but it's a band and I feel like with the 1975 it's like less of a disconnect of like people know that there's like more members whereas with Bastille I think it's more like people are just like it's Dan and the others like <laughs> but I think that's Dan's own fault I always joke about that because Dan's birthday is on Bastille day and then he named the band Bastille and I don't know if that has anything to do with each other but I'm like you're it probably does that's wild. <laughs> like, it really does. I'm like, your narcissistic personality disorder really came to shine that day, sir. <laughs> I also think that it's, like, interesting how, like, Maddie is, like, the front man and, like, he has that personality. But more and more, like, after, like, I guess Love Me drops and things like that during I Like It When You Sleep, he kind of, like, will call out that we know that he knows that he knows that he's the front man, you know? Like, it just kind of that, like he like kind of like breaks the fourth wall sometimes and like he'll say that before they play love me at shows to be like okay like I'm a rock star like for the next three minutes I will like be a stereotypical rock star but then he'll kind of turn that off and then he's just kind of like shuffling around on stage kind of awkward and it's just like I, I guess he's just multifaceted it's really funny how he's like self-aware like that yeah he's like self-aware but then he'll like make it a joke but like it's also yeah. not a joke <laughs> but I think exactly. to people on the, but to people on the outside I think they hate that about Maddie because they just think yeah. he's kind of a dick because of it well I think That's he views it all as like a performance art piece like every aspect of the 1975 is like a bigger form of art for him <laughs> and I'm just like yeah. this is it's so interesting. Like, if I could crawl in somebody's brain for, like, an hour, it would be his. <laughs> to be like, oh, what? what's going on here? So I think now I can get into some of the questions that we, like, touched on the survey. So first off, like, what are your thoughts on how the 1975 has been treated by the media over the years? And Brittany, I think you had some really interesting points about this. Um, I guess I kind of came into this a little bit on the late side because of, like, just, like, joining a fandom or whatever, like after a brief inquiry, but I feel like I've done a decent, a significant amount of like recon from before I like was here and as a fan. Um, and just like during self-titled, I think there was kind of this notion that they were just like another boy band. Um, and they kind of like poke fun at that a little bit in the girls music video kind of about how it's like, Oh, like we're not a boy band, but people would just like argue that they were. And I think a lot of that was because they were boys. They were like good looking and they had a predominantly female fan base. And I think that a lot of the like critical distaste surrounding self-titled was because no one really listened to the music or like gave them a shot because they were just like a British boy band kind of during the same era as like One Direction, Five Seconds of Summer, which, you know, at the same time, I think you could probably argue that, you know, maybe those bands, you know, didn't get a chance because of who their fans were. But I think that when you look at like their music, it's different than a boy band's music. And I think that some boy bands, they're writing, they're, they're performing songs that they didn't write. And they were like, you know, put together through like a talent search or something like that. And I'm not like bashing any band that was 
formed that way. But I think the 1975 is quite different. They've been a band for more than a decade and they write all their own music and it's all very personal. So that sort of got overlooked, I feel like, just because of their fan base, like being screaming girls, you know? Yeah, I think it's really interesting because, and Joe, I want to get your opinion on this, but um, because like Harry Styles tweeted about them at one point, like fairly early Mm -hmm. on in their career. And so I think a lot of One Direction fans like turned converted into 1975 fans. But for me, it was always so separate in my mind. Like I never saw them in the boy band realm. But I think that's also Mm -hmm. because I grew up with other alternative bands. And so I was very much in that kind of like, I don't know, just the alternative music space. So I'm curious, like Joe, what you thought of like when you first found them? And what your impressions were? I see. I'm. I wasn't. I'm not a massive fan of pop music as such, and I wouldn't see them as a boy band. I never did. I think they don't. In a way that they got treated by the media, I think it's because they're not the same as pop music. And pop music nowadays and back then was was huge, and it's all you ever see in like you know the charts and stuff. So I think that's probably the the most unfair thing that they've ever had. But I don't think they care about that at all. Yeah, they don't. They don't want to be that boy band back then as well. I'd never saw them as that. Um, and I don't think a lot of people did. And if they were that boy band, then that, sti- that typical boy band, I don't think they would be who they are today. Right. I feel like a lot of that um, stigma was kind of painted by the media. And like a lot of mm-hmm. it, like I said, was kind of by people like Harry Styles, like mentioning them um, and then the fans converting. I don't know. What do you think about that, Brittany? No, I think you're right. I think it was the media. Like I, I don't think any fan would think that they're a boy band I don't think that and and I agree with Joe like they didn't want to be a boy band and I I don't think they cared about that image they never tried to become that but I also don't think that they cared what the media thought at all like that's just part of what makes them great is that they're going to create regardless of what people are trying to get them to create so I think that just in general like it was kind of the 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 image looking from outside looking in like oh this is just like you know screaming girls good looking guys music that has guitars in it and those are just like the three things people needed to be like boy band but I mean Maddie said has like said in interviews before that people spun that as a bad thing but he would much rather have you know like screaming girls to play to because they're actually passionate and they actually like invest in the music than just some like random guys that are trying really hard not to look cool at a concert (laughs) because it's like indie music or whatever you know like I think that they wouldn't trade their fan base for anything well so Joe I'm gonna like this is sort of directed at you because like you're in the UK and like Jenna like studied abroad in England so we've both like we have like these experiences of going to like gigs in the UK and I feel like in America at least like when you go to like indie gigs gigs when there are guys there they're trying to look cool like when I would like go see Arctic Monkeys when I was younger like all the guys had their hair like styled like Alex and they all were just like trying to look like hot shit and like they didn't care whereas like when I would go to gigs in London like everybody just loved music without abandon like they did not give a fuck about anything they just were like we love music like we're here to have a good time like when you go to gigs you just feel like everyone that's there is just like it doesn't matter who you are where you come from like we're just we just all love this band we're, and like no you're all there for one thing yeah like so you sort of i mean you are as one and you're connected to everyone there but you sort of switch off in that hour or two hours or whatever it is just to focus on that and sort of sing your heart out sort of thing yeah nobody nobody really cares you know i think a lot of people do you know the, the whole with the 1975 or 
smaller indie bands they do follow the hipster sort of indie trend but yeah I think no people don't care I certainly don't what do you remember about going to their early gigs it was it was very like the places were very small like tiny you like ridiculously small but everyone was like it's not the same now whereas you've got you know seats or you got standing areas everyone was like bouncing and jumping around not just not caring whereas now they're a lot bigger if you're not on you know the floor it's like it's not as it is still amazing but it's not you still don't get the same vibe as back in the day but it's just still the same nobody cares it's like bounce around like visuals the visuals have got better a lot better obviously over years but still the same jump around bouncing don't give a damn vibe based on the idea like yeah. so the idea that 1975 has a lot of like screaming fangirls because like we all know that's not true but like based yeah. on that idea do you think the media portrayed them one way or just kind of like wrote them off didn't take them seriously because of that and like also because then after their first album and like everybody treating them like badly and like like with like the enemy being like oh you guys are like you won the worst band of the year award and like slagging them off like constantly for like two years yeah but i like it when you say yeah. it came out and everybody was like five stars all around best band to ever exist like what was <laughs> that like for you guys but also it's like like what was like I just feel like going from being judged so harshly to just being a fan of them and also just as the band to then them being like the music journalism darlings of the world like what was that like like having to live through something like that uh, for me it, it was you know it doesn't bother me because I was I'm a fan no matter what it's not nobody's going to change my mind yeah um I think the media, like you say, the media did give them that sort of uh, screaming girl vibe. But I think the more and more people that started to follow them and listen to more of the music, I think the word sort of got around that they're not that band. Because, I mean, it's not a lot's changed for me in that sense. Someone who didn't like them, I think, back then to now liking them is a sort of the right person to ask for that. But. Well, did you feel like it was... Like, like when you would tell your friends that you were like really into them in 1975 that weren't into them, did you feel like they were kind of like, isn't that band for girls? Or was that not some, was that not an- I still get that now. Really? I still get that same, now. yeah. <laughs> I still get like, so I've got the 1975 like all over me, uh, tad all over me. And I get like, why? Like it's, it's then it's hard to explain because they, they assume that it's a, you know, a girl's band or the music's not as good, but we just get them. There's an interview with Matty and it's like, he even says, like, our fans, they just get us. And it, yeah. So I can't, it's, I don't know. <laughs> it's one of those ones you'd like, if you've seen them live, I think if you didn't like them, you saw them live, I think your opinion would, would change like instantly. Yeah. yeah, I think, I think it's interesting, like, hearing the perspective of a guy, like, people saying, you know, that's like a girl's band or whatever. It's just, it's fascinating because they've never tried to be a girl's band. And you just have to wonder, like, I mean, was it the media that said that like once and people ran with it? Is it the fact that they're like good looking guys and so girls like them? I just, I just think it's interesting because there's like Arctic Monkeys. No one's going to be like, that's a girl's band. Yeah. I, I don't feel like, I don't know. Yeah. And I just, I don't, I don't know if it's because they take, people take the Arctic Monkeys more seriously or if, I just think that's so fascinating. Like I really, and I mean, there's plenty of differences between the 1975 and the Arctic Monkeys, obviously, but I just... Mm there's never been that like I guess hysteria 
with the Arctic Monkeys, like, but there has been with the 1975. And I wonder if it's because like they got really big in America when they came over and they had like groupies and like girls yeah. like at their shows and stuff like that. But I don't know, like that kind of happens to, like the Beatles and no one really thinks of them as a girls band. So I just don't know. I think that's really fascinating. The weirdest thing you'll get especially in the uk is so support in the 1905 is like frowned upon being a guy which is strange but if if a girl was to do the opposite and you know like the 19 uh arctic monkeys or oasis or anyone like that in the uk guys think it's amazing so why can't it work like vice versa with the it's so weird it's weird it's so (laughs) funny you mentioned that so like i had known about the 1975 before i moved to england and that was in like 2012 and i think that they're i don't know if they had an album out yet but a month after i left england they played like the knitting factory or somewhere really small in new york and i was like so upset because i missed it and when i got to england they were like playing like a really big venue and i was like i'm never gonna see this band because i'm not in america to see them small and i'm too poor to see them in england like big and there (laughs) there was like this guy who I was friends with who like just loved them like so much like and he was like yeah like I always just get really judged for like loving them and I'm like but it's really cool that you love them and you don't care because like they've been like written off as like a band for girls and he was like yeah but it's fucking stupid and I thought it was interesting that you mentioned Arctic Monkeys because him and I had that same exact conversation about it because I love Arctic Monkeys they're like one of my all-time favorite bands and his take on it was that Arctic Monkeys first record they were like so bad that they were good and that Alex couldn't really sing yet but it was like in a very like northern acceptable way because of yeah. like, what they were trying to sell and so because that record was like kind of grungy even though it was just like rock mm. music he, that's why he was like oh like this is why they're more accepted because they're making music that's like quintessential guy music rather than mm. so the second something sounds poppy like even if it's one song the media is going to be like this one song sounds like they wrote it for a girl <laughs> we don't you're know. so right i literally wonder if they had like released drive like, like a drive like i do album as the 1975 before they released self-titled like i wonder if everything would be different because drive like i do sounds like grungy rock yeah. and like objectively there are moments where maddie like the singing was not exact. It was kind of like yelling more than singing. Like, like I, you hear it and you're like, oh my, his voice has changed so much. And it's like gotten so much stronger. But I mean, that could have been like the same Arctic Monkeys trajectory for them. So I don't know. It's just like, it's so crazy, especially just like how much, like obviously the media has so much to do with everything, but it's just crazy how much it can like change the trajectory of a band and like who cho- like wants to be a fan of them. Um, yeah. yeah it's just it's really interesting I think so we definitely want to talk about like why the fans just cancel Maddie all the time <laughs> but before we get there before we get there let's just hear about what you think their relation like the fandom's relationship with the band how is that like just in general or like over the years I I think it's like a family everyone you know when the albums came out so i was i sat when notes came out i i sat on twitter for like 24 hours <laughs> it was like a every, it was it was crazy because my twitter is not normally full of 1975 and it wasn't like i was going out there looking for it i was just tweeting and then it was tweet and they were just coming back so that makes me think like it's always been you know a uh, a massive family more so in the recent years than it has been 
back in the self-titled days? Yeah, I think that, I mean, from what I've seen, like, I, like, look back on, like, 2014, 2013, X75, and, like, I wish I had, like, been around then just because it seemed like, well, like, I was around, but you know what I mean, like, as a fan. Um, I wish I had been there for those experiences because it just seemed like, I mean, you hear these stories of like fans, like running into Maddie, like walking around a city before a gig. And he's like, Oh, like, you know, we'll bring you on stage. Just like random things. Like you've, I've seen all these like things on TikTok about that, but yeah, um, I saw one of those. like, it was like, it's just insane. It was just a different time where like the access to like the band, because they were, they weren't really famous yet. I mean, yeah. and you have to like give someone something to invest in and being accessible and like sharing online and things like that, I think was how they, how people felt connected to them. And I don't know, I think that they just realize they've never forgotten that they literally were in like tiny bands in like, you know, in school together before they were big or anything. And they, they all grew up together and like, they don't forget that that's how it was. Mm -hmm. And I think they're really thankful that people have invested in them and believed in them. And now it's something much, much bigger. And I just think that their ability to keep that perspective has kind of kept them humble and kept them caring so much about what the fans think and like feeling accepted and things like that. I just, it doesn't seem like they do anything where they're not thinking of the fans. And so I think they have a great relationship with them for that reason. I feel like Maddie, especially like you, Brittany, your point was that like, um, they're very like aware and kind of humble to the fact that like they kind of owe it all to their fans and so I feel like Maddie has always gone out of his way to like make his fans feel like no to make the fans know that that he feels alive absolutely I think that um they just seem like nice like down-to-earth guys like they're not gonna I don't know I, I can never see them like being like no no pictures like they just I don't yeah. think that's who they are. And I, I think that that's really interesting because, like, the persona that, like, Maddie sometimes gives off in the media is very just, like, <laughs> so, like, the episode that's coming up before this, like, Jenna and I had, like, a conversation about this and we're calling it Maddie Healy's God Complex. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because in the media, like, Maddie, but, like, we were talking about this, like, he has this persona that he puts on that's, like, not really real. But at the same time, like, he also knows that, like, he has this, like, talent and ability to kind of just, like, draw people in and, like, make people mm -hmm. interested in him. And he's, like, mm -hmm. I'm just going to, like, ham it up. And so it's just really funny, like, in doing research, like, watching interviews from the beginning when he was, like, very much, like, just himself. And then as it got farther, him, like, leaning into this persona of, like, this, like, weird <laughs> God complex sort of thing. And so... <laughs> It's always, it's really nice, like, talking with, like, fans like you guys about this sort of stuff and, like, knowing that you guys still know that that's not who he is. And so, like, what about it, like, has it, like, have they done stuff, like, with fans or, like, sort of things that has, like, made it clear that, like, the media persona that Maddie has is, like, not actually who he is? Or is it just something that you guys are, like, we just know, like, you just know? Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think it's just a case if we just know that the people that meet him, he, even if you watch videos of people meeting him, he's always like, oh, I love you too. Like, you know, he's not never like picture on the, on his way has time has time to stand there and talk yeah i think that's i think that's so true like i just think that i don't know there's like certain people that i feel like you hear stories that you know fans met them and they were like really rude or something like that like i can't really think of anyone specifically but you hear stories of like terrible like don't meet your heroes moments you know mm-hmm. um you never hear that about the 1975 and i just think i mean like i'm i think that i think that parts of that kind of like like Maddie gets like knocked for being like pretentious or kind of like the God complex thing. Like, I mean, I think he's like pretentious isn't necessarily like a bad, a bad, I mean, I think that he like is interested in a lot of things. He's like a smart person. He's intelligent. Like, and that can come off to some people as being sort of like pretentious or obnoxious. I think that that part of him is like legitimate. And I think it just depends on how people want to spin it. Um, I think that like everyone, he's like a multifaceted person with varied interests. But I think that at the end of the day, the problem is when like you can't turn that off and like be a normal person or like an accessible, friendly person. And I think anyone that like has given, you know, five minutes effort to actually kind of look into who he is as a person will show you that he's not just like walking around like spitting up dictionary words all day like he's actually a nice guy (laughs) yeah and I think just like going off that like obviously like the fans do have seem to have a very like at least twitter fans which I feel like is a different genre of fans (laughs) they seem to have like a very tumultuous relationship with him Mm. for seeming to be so like loving and caring about the fan base and like can you guys get into detail about this at all i don't know i'm not like i like i'm on twitter and i follow like band and like that kind of thing but i don't have like like a twitter like stan account so i guess all of the things i've seen have kind of been like watching not participating um and i don't know i think the thing is uh, i don't i guess it's happened in I guess various capacities over the span of the band's life or whatever but most recently I guess what happened was sort of Maddie tweeted something regarding like Black Lives Matter and it it was like a tweet and then he also 
posted, I guess, a link to love it if we made it. And that, um, that like ended the world apparently for him. Like it, I, it was the strangest thing. Like I was on Twitter when all this happened and it was like a tweet, a tweet. And then he apologized if it seemed insensitive. And then just like, it was endless. Like all of his mentions were like, how could you do this? Like, what were you thinking? I mean, it was just like, it was so angry. And I think he tweeted maybe like one more apology and then he, it, the account was just gone. And um, I don't know, for me, like I, I just like happened to be online watching this and it was just like the strangest moment of like, like, and this is coming from the perspective of someone who like, I mean, I unequivocally support Black Lives Matter. I like want to be an ally. I want to be someone that like is compassionate in all ways, you know, in that in in that way. And I think that Maddie is the same way. And I think that anyone that's a fan like would know that. And so it shocked me that people were suggesting that he wasn't like being a genuine supporter or that he was like trying to, you know, get more streams off of this. I really think like, he just was like, this is how I feel about it. And, um, there was really no context given to him, no like consideration of what he might've meant. And then he was just like canceled and it was just over. It was just like the strangest thing. You can't win with social media though. Like, I no. think that's why it's like, he did what he did. And I think he sort of has to accept that everyone's, he's going to get backlash no more or what. Yeah, which is, but it's frustrating, I think, because- Oh yeah. I mean, like, as a fan, like, I don't know why you would jump on the train no. to- that you love and that you mm. you better than anyone else should know where their heart is in a situation like that i don't know it was weird it was weird i sort of took i didn't want to get involved i was like nope <laughs> not getting involved in that so we also have an episode coming out about toxic fandoms and things like this um and i feel like twitter especially things happen so quickly of like one person calling someone out and then everyone jumping on it and it just like it can't be stopped like once it starts yeah and i think it's like weird how it kind of for a few weeks there was like trendy to like be like oh i'm not listening to them anymore because it makes me feel weird like i, I just don't I, it i really like can't quite understand where their headspace was with all of that because it just seemed like like really like fickleness you know like they do one thing and then, and then like you have to delete all your songs off them on spotify like it's just yeah yeah what on earth is going on i don't know i feel like because we have this conversation with the one direction fans about like how they don't really know that much about harry styles and that they've like put a persona onto him that they expect him to be like just because just mm -hmm. based off of like the little that they do know about him and we got into like the conversation about how like he has kind of like done the bare minimum when it comes to like advocacy for like groups that have less than and like mm -hmm. while like i do think it's like oh like if you're on twitter it's easy to just tweet a link but he's like not super active on social media so i'm like why would you hold it against him like just because he has said something about x y and z but like hasn't said something about like a b and c like it's I, I just feel like it's kind of confusing in that regard but i feel like maddie is like such like especially at this point like the fans know who he is so well that it's like if somebody tweets something being like this horrible thing is happening and then is like here's this song it's like clearly his like awkward way of being like I feel like this song is pertinent to what's going on right now and maybe like it'll give you some solace in this sort of time but I just rem I think I signed on Twitter to like the tail end of that and I saw like some people that I followed being really angry but I mean the amount of times that I've signed on <laughs> signed on to Twitter and seeing <laughs> people yelling at Maddie Healy is ridiculous and that this is yeah. like from somebody who like most of the people like 
so like Jenna and I do concert photography so a lot of the people I follow are like concert photographers or like people in music journalism and then like some friends and most of the friends are very active in like the fandoms that they're a part of and I just remember the one thing that was that like there was something where Maddie took a photo and like had taken a photo that a photographer took and posted it and didn't credit it and people were like hey Um, like credit this photographer and Maddie did like the very unpopular thing of being like I'm in it so I own it and I'm like that's not how that works but also like tweeting at Maddie Healy that that's not how it works is not going to teach him anything so and so it's that sort of thing where I'm always kind of like okay amongst all of us there has to be at least two of us that have worked with them or like have worked with somebody who knows them that can be like hey can we have like a discourse with Maddie but instead everybody just like goes for the jugular on Twitter and I'm like there's nothing's gonna ever be taught through like a Twitter cancellation brigade (laughs) so I just like I never really get it where I'm like okay like I don't agree with him but also like what like I don't know (laughs) it's just like interesting yeah yeah and I just I mean I think you're right like I think it's just not it's not useful it's not needed It, it turned something that is like a movement about a really like important issue and something that needs to change into this like weird like it it made it about Maddie in a way that I don't think he like would have wanted it to be about him like it it wasn't it was about like you know like human rights basically like it's not about what Maddie tweeted or how he tweeted it and it just was completely unnecessary I I don't know and I think it just makes it makes him I mean I don't know I don't know him but like I'm sure it made him feel like he can't do anything right and like why try if someone's gonna get angry at him for like just trying to support something i think if you really understand the band i mean if you've watched loads of interviews you'd, you'd understand that matty the albums is by a brief inquiry and notes is like more so a brief inquiry it's his feelings it's, it's about him mm-hmm. and i think love it if we made it is again his his feelings and i think that's his like you say i think that's an easier way for him to get that message across that this needs to stop sort of thing but it sort of backlashed and even it, I think it would have backlashed either way if he did, even if he just said it with words, you're always yeah. going to get some sort of backlash with that. Yeah, I think that part of that is like holding Maddie on like a pedestal and like idolizing him of like he's never going to be 100% perfect. And he's a very polarizing character to some degree. And so he's always going to say something like, He's always gonna say something that sets someone off. He's never he's never gonna be entirely neutral. There have been so many times where he's like been very outspoken about like his political views and like his feelings on like what's right and what's wrong. And like he's very progressive. So when people get mad being like, you were progressive in the wrong way, it's like what <laughs> and like there's yeah. so many artists who just don't say a goddamn thing about anything. And so no. the fact that he's so outspoken about everything and is like, I will come and like pick it with you at like at like whatever you want me to pick it at you like with you at like <laughs> like and so the fact yeah. that people are like why, why are you like doing this in the way I didn't expect you to I think that's such a good point I li- I just think the thing that bothered me the most is like if you if you give two seconds to kind of like look into him you know he's so clear about where his stance is on these issues like I'm like baffled by the fact that people would suggest that he wasn't fully in support of this movement or that you know his tweet was anything like self-promotion like I really I think Joe's right like I think that's how he felt and he didn't have like better words than those and I mean anyone that it's just taken out of context and that's what the internet does it takes things out of context and Twitter especially you have 180 characters or whatever I don't even know Mm -hmm. and it's like you know how can you get the full story from that but 
fans who were the ones that were like attacking him were the ones that weren't giving him the grace of context. So I just thought it was like really sad. I feel like fandom, especially nowadays with internet culture, like fandom is super important and like bands being supportive of fandom is super important. And so I guess it's like, is there a point of being like, oh, like I want to like get involved in the community of like around this band because they mean a lot to me or is it like something you fall into or like what, what is it about a band that is like, okay, like I want like a community around me that also cares about them. And like, I want to be involved in that on the internet. I think it just happens. I don't, I don't think it's a case of like, I wanted to, you know, fall into some sort of community, but it's nice that there are people that do understand that, you know, that they're in the same boat as you, but I wouldn't say I intended for this to happen. <laughs> sort of thing. I, uh, yeah, I, it just happened for me and I'm, I'm glad it did because I wouldn't be the person I am today without it cliche as it sounds I wouldn't be the person I am today without them do you was there like anything specific about them that like spoke to you more than like other artists had in the past uh Matty himself I think his whole story resonates with me I, I won't go into loads of detail but yeah his his story and just the music itself the lyric it's so it's lyrical genius it's like the whole thing it's just amazing I think that's so true I think it's just I don't know as soon as I like found them I had it was kind of this interesting place where I had like I had a lot of old music that I hadn't really explored from them because I kind of I I fell in love like with the band like between a brief inquiry and so I like it when you sleep was out and self-titled was out so I had this like really cool period of like a few weeks where I was listening to like I was it was like 2018 and I was hearing like settle down and like pressure for the first time and it's like it was just so cool to me that, you know, you just, it's, they, they build this like world and there's so much to latch onto and you can listen to things and like hear something new every single time. And just the way that like, it's like, like Joe said, like lyrical genius, like it's just this whole thing that you can get invested in. And there are callbacks from album to album. And it feels like analyzing like literature because there's so much to find and appreciate. And it just felt like kind of an intellectually stimulating part to the music that I'd really never had before in the bands I've listened to. I'm really glad that I found it because I certainly would not, like, it's just a huge part of my life now. So it's really, it's happy. I love that. But I always like, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my God, I love music yeah. so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That was amazing. Like, it's just, it's one of those things that, like, when I have friends who are like, yeah, I like music, but, like, it's never, like, it's not, I'm like, like what? No, like, I what? love it. Like, you don't get it. It's so important. It's, like, it's literally a soundtrack to a life. Like, that's yeah. huge. Yeah. I don't know. It's just crazy. Like, how can I listen, like, hear this song? And, like, it just takes me right back. Like, to, I like, the first, I want to go back and hear it again for the first time. Like, that's such a crazy feeling that you can't do it. Like, you can't go back and hear this song for the first time again. But it just means so much to you that you, like, want to experience it like that. Like, that's really meaningful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just so, like. Getting real emo over here. I know. Emo, yeah. like, getting so emo. But, like, that's the thing is, it's, like, it's so incredible. And I feel so sorry for people who, like, can't put on a record and like feel something like <laughs> just like yeah. feel intense emotions it's like I was like making fun of myself the other day because like so we, we said earlier that like pop punk is like kind of what shaped like Jenna and I and like got us into like liking music really in the long run of things and like 
Machine Gun Kelly, who was like an artist I would never think had like an effect, like would have any sort of effect on anything. He's like <laughs> putting out like pop punk music and it's like pop punk, like pop punk was when I first started listening to it. <laughs> I posted a TikTok. I literally am crying at one o'clock in the morning because this record was just like so like reminiscent of like why I liked music. And I literally was like texting Jenna. I'm like, why am I crying over Machine Gun Kelly? <laughs> like, like, Well, thank you so much, Joe and Brittany for joining us today. We had a really lovely time chatting with you guys about all things 1975. Yeah, this was so fun. I'm so glad I got to connect with some more fans. Um, and just chat about the thing I always love talking about. Um, yeah, so thank you for having me. If you feel like following me on Twitter, my Twitter is at BrittJohnson21. Yeah, uh, also the same. This has actually been, I'm over the moon I actually done this because this is, you know, it's quite nice to talk to people that understand the 1975 as much as I do and like them as much as I do. So yeah, it's been really nice. I would leave my Twitter handle, but I, uh, I don't know it. So... <laughs> If you find me at something like Joe Ainsley 26, then, you know, bully me, crucify me, do what you like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for having me. That's, it's been amazing. Thank you. That was a blast. <laughs> it was so fun and wholesome. <laughs> I know. It was like, it was so, it's so great. It's so, it's really interesting. The juxtaposition from like the one direction one to the 1975 one because i feel like fans are so used to having to stand up for maddie that it's a lot easier to like not drag him because like they have to stand up for him all the time <laughs> yeah i love hearing the different perspectives um and like Brittany with her being like a more recent fan who like went back and discovered everything was really cool and then joe being from the uk and really knowing them since their self-titled album um, he also brought like a really cool, like interesting angle to it as well. And like, you know, perspectives I, I never think about cause I've, you know, I've known them for so long and, and whatnot. Yeah. And I feel like that's been my favorite part of like getting to have these really cool like fan discussions. And I'm like yeah. excited for ones we're going to have in the future and just like all that. Cause it's just like, I don't know. I feel like the fans have their voices like on social media, but like giving them another outlet to like discuss with people who like get it, but also don't in the same way. is like, been really fun yeah um, and then you then you just like are like i love this band so much and then you're all like <laughs> big emo big time emo moment <laughs> just like remembering like how much you love a band like talking to other people about yeah. how much they love the band and speaking of which if you guys love the 1975 as much as we all do you can join the conversation with us on twitter um, as usual, we are at Name Three Songs, and if you want to include us individually or just come at us individually, as always, <laughs> you can harass me <laughs> at Sarah underscore Fagan and at Jenna underscore Million. So we hope you enjoyed this, and thanks for joining us on Name Three Songs. Until next time, never let anyone make you feel bad about your favorite band. And you're never too cool to listen to The 1975. Don't forget to subscribe to be notified when each episode comes out and leave us a five-star review. It really helps. If you want to find out more about anything we talked about during this episode, you can visit Name3Songs.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.